Greetings, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the 100 Reasons for College podcast. My name is Justin Bell, and today I'm hosted with Adetola Akinagu from Georgia State University. Uh, go ahead and greet yourself, Adetola. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Sweet, sweet, awesome. And today on the podcast, we're just going to share some college hacks, some college tips, um, and some mm-hmm. advice for you guys from a college student's perspectives. Um, so whether you're a high school student, a current undergrad student, graduate student, or maybe just somebody who has some questions about college and just needs some tips and some advice and guidance, maybe just to get through your experience. Uh, today, our topic is being the difference of being at the top of the bottom or being at the bottom of the top, right? Did I say that right, Adatola? Yeah, that's good. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, without further ado, Adatola, I guess... Tell me a little bit about, I don't know, like what what was going on in, in your neck of the woods today? Um, so uh, the first time um, I experienced being at the top of the bottom was in high school. Uh, so I had the good grades. Everybody was trying to see my homework. People was asking me, what'd you get? And I'm like, I mean, I got 100. And I was like, how do you get that? And I just like, I studied, I studied and I worked hard for it. And then came the time when I wanted to start taking AP classes or advanced placement. And I went to the counselor and they was like, oh, your grades are really good, but we don't really suggest this for you. And I was like, excuse me? Like, y'all going to stop me from getting AP classes because I don't understand what you mean. And so I decided not to take advanced placement, but I took college credits instead. And that is when I started to be the bottom of the top. It's like when I was taking regular ed classes with every, with everybody who was doing the same thing as me, I felt like I was excelling. I wanted to do more. But then when I started taking college classes with college students, it was like so much harder to get good grades. And I had to learn new strategies of the way I would study. And honestly, it was a little bit discouraging because like... I can be at the very top. I could be I could be at the top, but at the bottom, or I can be at the top of the the bottom. Like I got you. I don't it's kinda it's kinda like uh which one do you want to be in? I got you. Which, which one do you want to be? So I want I wanna kinda give our listeners some context of uh, the conversation that we're having now. Because mm-hmm. uh, me and you have talked about this before earlier. And so to give you guys some context, um Adatola and I are both seniors at Georgia State University. And we both study finance and we're in the honors track in finance. Mm-hmm. And my experience has been, and maybe even Adetola's experience has been, um, Georgia State's a big school, right? Yeah. Uh, and to be completely honest, I say most of the students, their effort is mediocre. Uh, mm-hmm. And what's the difference between like being the, the top of that mediocre class of students, right? So nobody's really trying that hard so if you try your best you're already like the top of the class compared to um like I said Adesola and I are in the honor strike of finance and it's tough right so yeah uh, all these kids do care and all these kids are really passionate about uh finance and have good study habits things like that um and just understanding that difference for myself it's like okay Justin which is more profitable for you to take, like you mentioned, to, to take uh, regular finance classes um, and excel in them, or yeah, take the hardest freaking finance class you could take 
um, and not do so well, but at least right. you gave it your best. Um, yeah. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to mm-hmm. that question. It's up to preference. And I think before you mentioned, there's some variables that come into play, um, specifically like what your employer is interested mm-hmm. in. Like, can you talk a bit about like that variable or some of the variables? Yeah. Yes. So um, one thing that I found is like, it's really important to consider which industry you're trying to get in. So for example, uh, let's say uh, you're taking, you, you want to be like a math whiz. You want to do mathematics for the rest of your life. And they are looking for students who are really great at math, got really good grades because in, cl- in the classroom is really where they test your math skills. So it's important about what kind of classes you take. Are you doing well in your classes? Are you taking rigor classes? They, t- they take a look at that kind of thing. Uh, and then another example that is not the same would be like maybe um, a music class or some a class where you have to show your creativity. So in your industry, they may be looking for a certain kind of style. Um, are you abstract? Are you compact? Which Which style do you have? And then we'll hire you based on our needs, not necessarily how you did in school. And that's kind of the same with like fine arts and all of those things that have, that can be different for each each person. And like industries that really wanna see you, know who you are, they're not gonna be as based on your grades or the kind of regular classes you take. But on the other hand, if you're taking something more technical like finance, what classes did you take? Um, are you familiar with this? Do you have experience with so-and-so software? They want to know what you have experience in. And it depends on the company as well, because some companies, they don't want to train you. They want you to already know the information. Or some companies are going to teach you everything you need to know regardless. So it doesn't matter what you do mm-hmm. in your classes. And so that's why it's important to really do research. So like, for example, when I wanted to, um, when I wanted to do high school and college, I had to know which classes are going to transfer to where. And why would it, why would a school accept me? And so when I was applying to college, a lot of the um, variables they had on the students that they accept is they look for rigor in your classes. And students who take AP classes or do college and high school, they really have the competitive advantage for some colleges because they want to accept students who have done the rigor, who have gotten out of their comfort zone as far as their academics. And some schools don't really, they don't care about that. They just want you to succeed regardless of the rigor that you have. And so that's why it's really important to, to like, know who you are, know what your industry is looking for, and then fit your perspective on, fit your perspective on that. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to switch up the conversation a little bit uh, and talk about the difference between a big fish and a small pond and being a small fish in a big pond, right? Because you and I are already college students, but Mm -hmm. maybe somebody's listening is in high school and thinking, okay, should I go to a huge school, right? With 30,000 students, 40,000 students, um, where my chances of being noticed and my chances of being recognized are smaller, or maybe should I take a smaller route, um, go to a school where it's not as many students, mm-hmm. uh, not as many, it's not as competitive and I can really stand out as a leader. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think once again, it's one of those things where you could leverage both to work to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I can think of a few examples how you could leverage going to a big school, go, leverage going to a small school. Um, I guess I'll just give a tip. If you're a student who's listening and you're thinking about uh, the issue of, hey, what if I go to a huge school and nobody's going to know my name or different things right. like that? Maybe I and Anatola can help you give some insight mm-hmm. of how to navigate that. So we both, both Anatola and I go to Georgia State. But I think one of the things at a total that you and I have done really well is kind of like finding a niche mm-hmm, right. in college, like finding our lane in college, um, sticking to that and letting that niche kind of like give us some notoriety on mm-hmm. campus. Right. Uh, so for us, that's like RCB um, yeah. networking events with right. career advancement centers, uh, women lead. Yeah. Um, organizations like that have kind of I don't want to say set us apart but have kind of like given us an opportunity to establish footing as leaders right. uh, at Georgia State so what would you tell a student and this might literally reiterate what I just said but what would you tell a student who is going to a big school and he wants to stand out as a leader I would say number one don't worry about it. You will find your footing as you go. You will find what you're looking for. As long as you're working hard for it, you're going to stand out. And number two, niches are very important at big schools. You like, I don't, there are thousands of finance students at Georgia State, but there's only one honest track in finance or like women lead. There are lots of a student student classes who are that focus on like a discrimination and issues in the workplace but there is only one women lead class like find where you want to stand out what do you want to stand out in so for example with me I had issues with like what does it mean to build a network um I'm uh, I'm a little outgoing but when it comes to like intentionally meeting people that wasn't really my thing at first but then I started to get into networking in class, and I realized that I really like this. And so I decided that I'm going to be the best networker there is. And so that's why in my classes, if anybody has questions about networking, I'm the first to put my hand up, the first one to ask questions, yeah. the first one to do informational interviews. Like, find what you want to excel in, and then be the best you yeah. can be at it. Like, that's that's the... And I want to echo what you just said. Um, don't be quiet, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're in a class called Women Lee, and our professor, Miss Mansfield, she jokes a lot that Adatola and I like always have questions. Uh, because yeah. it's true. I mean, uh, there's some classes where maybe I'm not as talkative, mm-hmm. but I think uh, for your success as a student, um, if if you want to stand out, right, get scholarships, um, and set yourself up for the best in your career and whatever your goals are. Um, don't be quiet in class, right? Whether it's a class of 30 students or 100 students, um, it's good to make sure that the professors know your interests, kind of know what you're about. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to... It's it's really hard to be a good student when the professor doesn't really know you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, definitely, definitely uh, project your voice in class. Uh, So let's talk about the flip side. Um, I don't know if you have any experience being 
in a smaller school. I know you went mm-hmm. to uh, like a JUCO before you came to Georgia State, like yeah. as a, as a high school student. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess a question I could ask you is: Do you think you would have had maybe you would have been better off at a smaller school? I mean, maybe yes or no. I don't know, but do you think you would have had better success at a smaller school? When I was considering going to a smaller school, um, the thing that really that I really was looking for was the teacher to student ratio. Like, I want to get hands on experience. I really want to know my teachers. I want to get good grades because I have a great relationship with my professors and they understand me and we're on the same level and everything is great. At a bit school, you got like three. I had a class and there was 300 people in there. And at a smaller school where there's there may be only 30 people a class or even 25 or less than that, 15. And it's like you really get the chance to have a one on one with your professor who has already um, experienced the field. They know exactly what they're talking about. They can answer any question like that. That was really the advantage of going to a small school that I was really looking for. But I decided to go to a bigger school in a bigger city because that's what my industry calls for. Like business is in high demand. A lot of people want to get into business. So let me go to a place that is business oriented, like LM Business Hub. But if you want to do, um, if you wanted to do more like fashion design or all the other stuff, you might go to SCAD. You might want to go to art school. Or if you're looking to do something more personal on a more personal level, you might go to a specialized school. Or if you want to do something more hands-on, like mechanic mechanics or something like that, then you will go to a technical school. It's like it's all about your end game. So uh, most definitely, figure out what your end game is and then work backwards from there. Definitely. So for example, yeah, for example, um, J.P. Morgan is that's like that's where I'm trying to end up. So I went to their page. I found out like who works there, who's at the top, how do they do it. A lot of people have JD MBAs. And so that's um, like a, a business, that's a master's in business administration with a Juris doctor. And I was like, a lot of people have this, so that's what I'm going to do. Not saying that I'm going to follow their cookie cutter. I'm not making a cookie cutter method. What I'm saying is these are the things that have shown to be um, successful. And what better way to be successful than learn from people who are successful? And like, I, I just decided to work back with some there. And that's a really great way to start. Find Definitely. out what your end game is, work backwards, and jump right in. Definitely. So know your industry, know what you're talking about, and then make your decisions on that. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's mm-hmm. what's up. Cool. So uh, I guess I guess we'll wrap wrap that up. Um, with that, I definitely want to keep these podcasts short for you guys. I don't want to keep you too long, but uh, once again, thank y'all for tuning in to 100 Reasons for College Podcast, and we'll keep uh, giving you some content, some tips, some hacks. I'm sure Adatola will be back yeah. uh, to share some some of her insight with you guys. Uh, and yeah, thanks again. Um, Adatola, I just want to leave. Do you have a question for the audience um, just any questions that you could ask them uh, that they could ponder on and maybe give some answers to in the comments or something like that. Yes, the perfect question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you weren't afraid? Man, that's the favorite <laughs> question right there. 
Nice. Nice. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you once again for tuning in. And Adesola, I'm pretty sure I'll see you sometime soon. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. See you guys.